When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Ken Sterling for Friday, February 7th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill has been my dentist for the last 26 years. He is great at what he does. Hire a great dentist. All you have to do is call 317-849-2933. I've never felt pain in the chair, not once. All right, it's Friday, so we turn our attention north to the north side of Chicago, the baddest part of town at the corner of Racine and Nelson at Wills Northwoods Inn. It's the great Harry and Dutchie. They're going to ask me some questions. How are you doing this afternoon, Harry? Oh, I'm doing fine, Ganilras. What a day. It is uh, winter and it's snowy and blustery best. (laughs) You know, Dutchie below the waist. It's been winter down there for a long time. It's cold. It's dry. It's no place for humans to wander. (laughs) I'm just kidding with you, Dutchie. Have some more, another gin and white claw, why don't you? All right, let's get straight to the questions. I'm not even going to ask you, Ganilrets, how you're doing, for goodness sake. By the way, Ganilrets is Sterling pronounced backwards, as is my want to call him by his backwards name. Number one, how did Dan Dockage get his radio show on 1070 The Fan? You know, that's a great question. Back in 2008, when I was the program director at 1070 The Fan, we knew that we were going to get rid of Colin Cowherd, who was doing middays. And what Cowherd did at the time, and the reason we wanted to get rid of him, is he just didn't fit. He, he did not sound like Indianapolis, and people in Indianapolis, frankly, didn't like him. He derided the city of Indianapolis quite a bit, IUPUI, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indianapolis 500, and he spent a lot of time, a disproportionate amount of time, talking about Pac-12 football. There are a lot of things in Indiana that sports fans care about. Pac-12 football is not on that list. So getting rid of Cowherd was really important to the growth of the radio station. We needed to find somebody to take his place. So my phone rings one day, and this was shortly after Indiana got rid of Dan as uh, as the interim head coach, I picked up the phone. And he said, hey, do you remember a conversation we had a few years ago where you said, if you ever want a job in radio to give you a call? I said, I do. The reason why I told him that, and at that point I'd known Dan for about 20 years, is that when he was the head coach at Bowling Green, 
He had a show called Falcon Basketball with Dan Dockage on Fox Sports Ohio. And I would watch every week because I find Dan hilarious. And I thought that Ryan would enjoy the show. It's entertaining. It's about basketball. What's not to like, right? It's a guy that I've known for a long time. What Dan would do, Dan would never get bored. He would never allow himself to get bored. Most guys who do a coaching show, they just sit and they blah, 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 blah the entire half hour or the entire hour. And it's boring for him. It's boring for the the host. It's boring for the, the people who are watching. It's boring for everybody. But Dan didn't let that happen. What Dan did one day, he's got his host there, and, and he said, you know what? Why don't you just sit back and relax? Today, I'm going to ask me questions. When I drive in, I think, okay, what kind of questions am I going to be asked? And then I start to answer them, and those are pretty good questions. But I've never asked those questions, so I'm going to ask myself questions. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great radio bit. A good, like a traditional radio bit. It just sounded right, and it was fun, and it seemed spontaneous, and I dug it. So I told Dan that. And then when things, uh, when push came to shove at Indiana, he called and, and said, hey, you have anything? People internally at MS thought I was nuts. I'll tell you who didn't think I was nuts. Tom Severino, who at the time was the market manager for MS Indianapolis, he didn't think I was nuts, and I'll tell you why. Because, number one, Dan had worked for Tom as an intern back in the 80s when he was a student at Indiana University when Tom ran uh, Wire Radio here in town. And secondly, they brought Dan back as the director of basketball operations for the 2007-2008 season. And prior to that season, Kelvin Sampson really didn't want to speak to an event at Assembly Hall. It was like a kickoff dinner type thing or a a tip-off dinner. So Dan got up and told stories for about 45 minutes, and he could not have been more engaging, right? He was hilarious. People loved him. Tom saw what Dan was in at that dinner. And because of that, Tom really embraced the notion of Dan coming to 10-7 to the fan, wound up being a great hire. Dan's done a great job uh, since that day in, what was that? That was like October 7th, 2008, I think was his... Uh, first show. Anyway, here's the moral of the story. If somebody asks you to do something, say yes. Because if you do, you got a chance to have somebody in the audience, right, or, or somebody, because you said yes, perceive you as positive. So if you're in the communications business, always say yes, for God's sake. If you're in the coaching business, always say yes, for God's sake, because you don't know who's out there that you're impressing. And that night, it was important that Tom saw Dan speak. I knew that Dan would be good, but I had to sell that notion to the people internally at Emmis to make that happen. And the, the only person I really needed to sell was Tom, and selling Dan to Tom was easy because Dan had spoken at that dinner. And it was easy for me to perceive him to be a terrific radio guy, potentially, because he did that radio show, Falcon Basketball with Dan Dockage. So that's how he got the show. Dan's still killing it on both ESPN and 1070 The Fan. Oh, that's interesting. Good advice. Get out there in front of people. Never say no. What did anybody ever get because they said no? Did anybody win? Because they said no. The answer <laughs> is no, ironically. Ah, Dutchie's getting a giggle out of that. Number two, 
Do you care if Bob Knight is back at Assembly Hall tomorrow? You know, I really don't. I was kind of invested uh, over the years in Bob Knight coming back and kind of putting this behind us. Is Bob Knight ever going to come back? Can Bob Knight bury the hatchet with Indiana? Will Indiana ever bury the hatchet with Bob Knight? It would be nice for the players who are being asked to be loyal to both the university and to Bob Knight to be able to be loyal to both at the same time. That would be kind of nice. But other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally invested in this thing. Bob Knight, he's not well. That's been pretty well chronicled. If he comes back, I hope people are polite. I hope they blow the roof off the place. And they show a little bit of love for the 29 years that Bob Knight spent as the basketball coach at Indiana. I think that that would be a good thing. And I think that it's overdue. I think that the way that all went down in 2000 was really, really unfortunate. It didn't have to be that way. The zero tolerance policy was completely idiotic and wrongheaded and was never going to work with a guy like Bob Knight. If you knew anything about Bob Knight, you knew that was not going to work. Bob Knight deserved uh, a send-off in the way, in, in really a position within the university and within that basketball program similar to what Gene Cady enjoys, right? He goes to games at Purdue. He enjoys it. He's kind of a, a resource as needed. He's, he's sort of the, the basketball coach emeritus at Purdue, Bob Knight, I always felt should have been that at Indiana. You know, you've had a situation that's a little bit toxic at, in, at Indiana. So you've had athletic directors who were really, really wary about plugging Indiana guys who played for Bob Knight or coached for Bob Knight into a position of, uh, of power at Indiana. And now hopefully if Bob Knight comes back tomorrow, hopefully that gets smoothed over and everything's kind of cool and, and you can move on with uh, at least the feeling, the outward feeling that Indiana basketball is whole again instead of people like you got people instead of talking about basketball as it relates to Indiana University's basketball program, what they really want to talk about is Bob Knight. And, and that's not good. For Indiana, it's not good for Bob Knight. I, I don't think it's good for anybody, and I hope it goes to bed. Finally, I hope it's put to bed after tomorrow if he finally comes back. This has been rumored for a long time, him coming back. He didn't come back for the Ohio State game. If he doesn't come back tomorrow, I you know what? I'm just done with this whole thing. Number three, which team needs a win more tomorrow, Indiana or Purdue? You know, I think they both need it equally. I, I think they're in the same position. I think Purdue, though, because they had a tougher preseason schedule, pre-conference schedule, I think they're in a bit of a tougher situation. If they lose tomorrow to Indiana, they're going to have trouble getting to a winning record overall, I think, much less a winning record in the Big Ten. And if they don't get to a winning record overall, they're not going to the NCAA tournament, and they're not going to the NIT so you've got that as a problem. With Indiana, they've lost their last three games. They need to get back on the winning track. They need to find their way from 5-6, and six, which is where they are now in the Big Ten, to 10-10. Ten and 10. They've got five games left at home, four on the road. So if they can win every home game and they lose every road game, they get to 10-10. Ten and 10. That gives them 20 wins overall. They go to the NCAA tournament. If they don't do that, if they fall a game short, if they go 9-11 and 11 in Big Ten play, then they've got to win a game in the Big Ten tournament to have any chance to go to the NCAA tournament. I think we've gotten to the point where this is kind of a must-win for both. If wh whoever loses tomorrow, then they're going to have to go back to West Lafayette 
for the game between IU and Purdue later this month. And somebody's going to have to win. The team that loses tomorrow is going to have to win that game to even the scales. It's not important who wins tomorrow as much as Purdue and Indiana. They both would take a split in those two games. If either of those two teams winds up winning this season series 2-0, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. And the loser among those two, and in those two games, somebody who goes 0-2, they are not going to the NCAA tournament. That's how important this game is. But Indiana, having lost three in a row, man, you got to find a way to get back to start winning games again, particularly at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Which team's going to show up tomorrow for Purdue? The one that scored 37 at Champaign or the one that scored 106 this week at Mackey Arena against Iowa. Holy cow, what a great game that's going to be. Holy cow, (laughs) that's mine. What are you stealing my phraseology for? Hey, number five, what is the biggest high school basketball team you've ever seen? Funny you ask that question, Harry, because tomorrow at 2 o'clock, the 1980 New Albany Bulldogs high school basketball team is going to be celebrated at New Albany High School. New Albany's going to take on Columbus East that game at 2, like I said. That 1980 team is going to be honored, and rightly so. That team went 27-0 before it played in the high school state championship in 1980 against Broad Ripple. Stacy Turan put Broad Ripple into the final game against Marion by sinking about a 65-foot shot at the buzzer. They came in to the night session against New Albany, and they kind of ran New Albany out of the gym a little bit. A guy named King Solomon Duke was 8-for-8 from the foul line in the fourth quarter, and Indiana could not overcome that. Uh, Duke, by the way, was like a 50% foul shooter for the season. Somehow he goes 8-of-8 in that fourth quarter when when all the chips were on the table. New Albany that year had starting guards of six feet tall and six nine. Richie Johnson was six nine. You had forwards, uh, uh, Jeff Stoops and David Bennett. Bennett six eight. Stoops six five. And then down low, you had Phil Benninger, who was six eight. This was a huge team. And then coming off the bench, you had Mike Hunt. You have to be very very careful saying his name. You can't say it too fast, or you get in big trouble. Mike Hunt went to St. Bonaventure's. He was 6'6". Tim Brandt wound up uh, a track athlete, track and field athlete at Purdue. He was 6'5". You had real size on this team. You had real depth on this team. It was a terrific high school basketball team coached by the great Jack Ford. They didn't get over the hump for that final game, but, man, did they play exceptionally well throughout the season. And and to go undefeated in a high school basketball season all the way up until the state championship game, quite a feat. They were outstanding. I remember Columbus East's coach back in 1980 saying that if New Albany played in the MAC, you know, with Ball State and uh, Miami of Ohio and whoever was in that conference back then, that they would likely win the conference. That's how good they were, and uh, they're going to be honored tomorrow, and I think rightly so. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be down there for it. Number five. You know, that, that's a big team. Back then, guys were not that big, but uh, boy. And uh, <laughs> anyway, number five. Did the Pacers do the right thing by staying silent at the trade deadline? Oh, you bet they did. Because they got drama right now, and you don't want to stack drama on top of drama. 
Okay, trade deadline deals are dramatic. It changes everything within the construct of the team. You saw that in 2014 when Danny Granger was sent by the Pacers to the 76ers for Evan Turner and LaVoy Allen. It changed the dynamic of that Pacers team, which had been a really, really happy team. And at the time, I think it was 41-13. and 13. And then over their last 28 games of the regular season, they went 15-13. and 13. So it changed everything for that team. This team's already dealing with the drama surrounding Victor Oladipo's return to the lineup, right? He's playing 28 minutes a game. The Pacers, they've lost their last three. They won the first that Oladipo was back for in overtime against the Chicago Bulls at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. So they're clearly not playing really, really good basketball. Bringing in new elements and saying goodbye to old elements, that was not going to help, even at the level of TD. TJ Leaf for a second round draft pick. How's that going to help you? That's it might help TJ Leaf because he gets some minutes someplace else, but it's not going to help the Indiana Pacers. So they stayed quiet. Sometimes the your best deals are the deals you don't make, and I think that that was absolutely true for the Pacers yesterday as they kind of sat on their hands and didn't answer the phone and didn't pull the trigger on any deals. And I say bravo to Kevin Pritchard because they're already dealing with about all the drama that they can handle right now, like I said, with Oladipo. Thank you, Harry. Those were good questions. Those were insightful. I appreciate it. Wonderful to be with you on such a chilly day. It warms my cockles <laughs> to be included in your program. And uh, I want to remind everybody that Will's Northwoods Tap at the corner of Racine and Nelson in sunny north side of Chicago, about four and a half blocks south of Wrigley Field. This is the place to be. Come on down. They got pool tables. They got a popcorn machine. They got free hot dogs. They got gin and white claws being served in hawker shore glasses. They got it all. Come on down. Is that good for you? That's every time I mention them. I get a free round in Dutchie. Dutchie gets a free shot of Jim Beam Maple. How about that? (laughs) We'll talk to you next week, Canil Reds. Thank you, Harry, as always. Hey, want to remind you, a lot of good high school basketball around the state tonight. Girls sectionals all over the place. That's why there are a lot of afternoon games in high school basketball, including the game that I mentioned earlier in New Albany is going to be hosting the Olympians of Columbus East. Uh, IU, Purdue, tomorrow, 2 o'clock at Assembly Hall. Whether Bob Knight's there or not, they're going to still play the game. Tonight, you got the Pacers and the Raptors down at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Tomorrow night, it's the Pacers and Zion Williamson with the New Orleans Pelicans. We don't know. One of these two games, Victor Oladipo is not going to play because he's not playing back-to-backs yet. We don't know which game that's going to be. We'll figure that out tonight. If he doesn't play tonight, he's going to play tomorrow. This game tonight is on ESPN. So I would be stunned if Victor Oladipo sat tonight. I believe he's going to sit tomorrow night because I don't think that the Pacers are going to want to incur the wrath unnecessarily of the NBA and of ESPN. 
by sitting the guy that ESPN is featuring on promos saying, hey, watch tonight. We got the Raptors and the Pacers. So I think Oladipo is likely to play tonight. I, I think media does play a role in, in this kind of thing. Uh, great stuff this afternoon, by the way. Matt Painter on the Dan Dockett Show is absolutely terrific. I'd love to hear Archie Miller do interviews like this. I must not be in the car at the right time when those interviews happen because I never hear Archie Miller on the radio talking to hosts about stuff. And, and I think it would be so good for him and so good for people in the state of Indiana to hear firsthand what he's thinking and and how he's operating. Painter was absolutely terrific in talking about basketball today. Anyway, tomorrow, 2 o'clock, go Hoosiers, go Boilers, go everybody. We're going to have a great weekend. I hope you do too. Listen, Monday morning, I'll tell you what happened this weekend and why. Breakfast with Kent on Facebook Live, 8 o'clock straight up, and then immediately thereafter, it's on Twitter.com and Periscope. It's a show so nice, we do it twice, different versions, but the same Kent. How about that? want to remind you, Oops, available at Amazon.com. It's the art of learning from mistakes and adventures by me. I've made some mistakes. I've had some adventures. A lot of them are chronicled in the book, not all of them. There may be an oops, too, if there's demand for that kind of thing. Anyway, the audiobook, the ebook, the hardcover book, all available at Amazon.com. Just search Kent and Oops, and up pops the yellow and red cover. We'll talk to you Monday morning. Join me.